Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and hand in your badge and keyblade. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep. I'm Sam. I'm I'm Drew. Were you surprised? By... Oh, you sounded caught off guard there. No, my words just caught in my throat. (laughs) You weren't expecting to be forced to resign. Yeah, I I thought that I'd have a chance to do this on my own, uh, but turns out, no. I was glad that we got to see Mickey finally facing consequences for his actions. Did we? Yeah, when he resigned in disgrace. Oh, yes, right, yes, absolutely. We have finished Aqua's story, kind of. Kind of. I mean, we finished the game. We finished kinda. this game. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. There's there's like 40 minutes left, but we finished the game, kind of. <laughs> All right, yeah. And I don't know. There's some interesting stuff going on. There is some interesting stuff going on after the first set of credits roll. Yeah, before that, not as interesting. But a I... little, a little interesting, I think. A little interesting. I was shocked at how Aqua's story... Just like it within her route, because we we finished Aqua's yeah. route, and then we get the the I think it's called the final episode, even though it's not, uh, which you play as Aqua for. Right. And I really was surprised that Aqua's route does not pull anything together at all. <laughs> yeah, barely. The um the rhythm game melody of memory, uh is largely a recap of the Kingdom Hearts series up to and including three. And the full recap of Birth by Sleep uh, has one mention of Aqua, and it's that she met Kyrie. <laughs> Woof. I, I mean, that that is the most notable thing she does, I think. Yeah, and then like two paragraphs each about, <laughs> about Ventus and Terra. <laughs> That's good. Terra feels like he. I mean, they both feel they feel kind of important. Maybe they're not, but the things that they do seem important, like become the Keyblade and become Xehanort. Oh yeah, they're all important. Just Aqua's not important until after credits roll, right? Because she really, she really is just just flying around in the background of other people. I mean, not even really in the background. There's a story happening before she arrives. <laughs> Mainly. And she goes, nice. Wow, it seems like some really cool stuff must have happened here earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, it seems but, like Terra was really bad one time. Yeah, but we, we get we get good stuff after the, the first set of credits, and, and some good stuff before, because we do begin at the Mysterious Tower, uh, and Donald and Goofy are here, which is always fun. Well, wait, didn't we begin with her plucking Mickey out of space before she gets to the tower? Oh, I think I think you're probably right. I think that I might have started a little bit late. But yeah, I, I don't think we got that last time, did we? No, no. Uh, yes, that's right. Aqua finds Mickey floating unconscious in space. That's right. I remembered seeing your screenshot of Mickey's good face. Yeah, very serene, sleeping in space, going, Master Yen Sid, as he sleeps. <laughs> uh, not explosively decompressing, able to breathe just fine. He loves it. He does. I mean, it's good. He never he never really gets to take a rest. So sleep well, Mickey. You've earned it. Yeah, he slept uh, <laughs> from being drugged through the portal all the way through the portal and into space. Just kept on sleeping. <laughs> Vanitas really kicked his ass. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but then after that, Aqua goes to the mysterious tower with Yen Sid and Donald and Goofy. 
Uh, and Yensid tells Aqua that Ericus is dead. Yeah, and he knows this because of the stars. Yes. Now, this is interesting because we know that the hearts of the worlds are like lanterns shining up above. Mm, we we know that. We do know that. But I think this is the first that we've heard that the stars are also the hearts of individual people. Yeah, apparently. I wasn't sure how literally to take that. Well, it sounds like he also is able to infer other knowledge from the stars, too. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because he says, like, the stars tell me that Xehanort and Terra, like, killed Ericus. Right, and I don't think he'd be able to know that if it was only that Ericus had a star that winked out. It, it, must... it must have been written in in words in the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. Aqua doesn't like it or believe it. No. Who could blame her? Right. She she famously really, really, really believes in Terra, and she always has, and she always will. Uh, so Yensid says that Terra's on his way to the Keyblade graveyard, and Aqua says, I will go and find out from him what happened. I have a question. I don't know if you remember this. Has she been there? Been to the, the, to, to the graveyard? Yeah. Um, I don't... Let's see. No, I don't think so. Because the first time she fought Vanitas was in Radiant Garden. Yeah. And so she never fought... I don't think she's been to the Keyblade I think grave. she's the only character who doesn't go there when it's just the quote-unquote Badlands. I mean, to be fair, Ericus may have told her about it at some point. It seems like an important place for her to know about. Maybe. It's just, it's just weird, once again, that it kind of feels like she's just not really participating in the story. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize until um until the scene where they all arrive at the Keyblade graveyard, she doesn't encounter Xehanort once until then. No, no, she doesn't. Just Vanitas twice. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she she flies there, uh, and she says, "I promise you, my friends, I will get you out of this mess." And then she delinks with Donald and Goofy, which I just thought is a fun pop up. <laughs> Uh, we get Xehanort Report 4. This one is literally following, like, mid-sentence directly from the one, uh, that Merlin had for some reason. Huh. It's, it's just like... Oh, yeah, And then... So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, what is, what's he talking about here? Uh, he basically says that anyone who opens Kingdom Hearts becomes God. Would become God. Um, was there anything else important in here? He says that the the people who fought in the Keyblade War, um, he describes them as a, a mixture of people who believed in light, darkness, balance, and just power. Um, right. Which, uh, I'll say it, that's kind of interesting in that it doesn't really feel like it lines up with stuff that we hear about the Keyblade War in other sources. So, we can keep an eye on that, but... Uh, he he basically says that the uh, the reason that the worlds ended up divided was to prevent another such war from happening. I think he implies that like Kingdom Hearts did that itself. Is that what he's implying? Yeah, I mean he. Hmm. I mean, he just says the whole world was cast into darkness, mm-hmm. and no one ever managed to open the door to Kingdom Hearts during that mm-hmm. battle either. And then, yeah, eventually the stuff we know, the light that was in some hearts, gave rise to the worlds that are out there now in the darkness, but they're all beyond the, they're all behind walls, so you can't get to each other again, and start a new Keyblade War. Mm-hmm. And become God. Become God. Yeah, so it's like, it's not clear that 
what cast the world into into darkness. If it was on purpose or if it's just like all the fighting did something that cost, like, I guess the darkness in everyone's hearts overwhelmed and exploded out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelmed and created darkness. It's, it's not really clear. That's true. Yeah. I, I guess it is kind of ambiguous. I'm, I'm kind of making some assumptions, but yeah, I guess we don't really know. Yeah. Uh, but Aqua arrives at the Keyblade graveyard, uh, as as do the others, and I think it's a real indictment of Aqua's route that the cutscene that we get, where the three of them all meet up, you know, we saw it as Ventus for the first time, and we're like, oh, what's what's it going to be like with additional context from Terra? And then we saw it through Terra's eyes, and we're like, oh, what's it going to be like with additional context from Aqua? It's exactly the same. Her perspective is very literally worthless in this cutscene. Yeah, because, like, the only... Yeah, because everyone else got to see, like, something at Radiant Garden, like, meeting someone from the past, or they brought, like... Yeah, she didn't get to see anything unique other than Kyrie, who doesn't have any bearing on the story at this point. Right, everyone brings, like, a different angle to it, is what you assume until you find out that Aqua doesn't. (laughs) I mean... She's never heard of the Keyblade. She barely knows who Vanitas is. Like, what has she been doing for this whole game? Yeah, I mean, her whole mission was just to retrieve the boys, and she never did it, and now she's here. I'm almost curious, you know, sort of the conventional wisdom is that you always play Aqua last, and I think a big part of that is that she's the player character in the final episode, so it just sort of flows naturally into it, but... I'm almost starting to wonder if Aqua might be best to play first because it's like the story is a mystery from her perspective. She has no idea what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that right. I think because I like the order that we did for sure, but um, yeah, no, she doesn't get. To, she doesn't know anything. Yeah, so Xehanort and Vanitas arrive, and Aqua might as well say, "Who the hell are those guys?" <laughs> <laughs> she knows one of um, them. Yeah, I mean. It's it's a well-known fact that Kingdom Hearts is very bad with female characters, and this is a primo example of that, is that Aqua has almost nothing to do with the plot of this game. Xehanort uh, Zay- gives his classic speech, Keyblade and such, fight, 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 blah, 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 Mickey's here. Did you like Mickey's arrival? I think you missed it last time. Uh, Yeah, no, it was good. I appreciate it. We, yeah. we get just his gigantic shoe entering <laughs> and filling half the frame. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> uh, Brig asks for a popsicle. Once again, Aqua has no idea who he is. <laughs> Literally has not met him before. Yeah, he's just some dick. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the line that he said to Ventus, uh, felt pretty pointed at Ventus, but when he says to Aqua, you think you have some grand role to play as if? I mean, very literally true. <laughs> very biting. I guess we never got to see how uh, Bragg got his yellow eye. No, we don't. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, Aqua has a, a boss battle with Bragg, a man she's never met who's working for Xehanort, a man that she met once as part of his plan to create the Keyblade, a thing that she's literally never heard of. <laughs> and then Vanitas jumps down from the mountain and knocks her out in one hit. Great game. <laughs> really cool treatment of the first female playable character. <laughs> Yeah, she gets to do a little bit more. Yeah, again, I, I've, I've kept saying this, like, the saving grace of this is that I know that her story does get good. I thought, I I hoped it would be sooner than it was, but, right, you know. 
we at, at least in this episode we will have good aqua stuff right yes well we get some i think right here actually yeah yeah that's true i i it it does pick up like right right at the end yeah um so yeah aqua wakes up uh this is after ventus exploded and ragdolled her off the cliff mm-hmm <laughs> I did notice that she was at the bottom of that little hill, and I was like, I know what happened. <laughs> I know how funny it looked. Uh, Mickey is looking after her, and she sees Ventus standing there, looking looking all weird. He's just, like, staring at the ground, and she says, Ventus, are you, you good? <laughs> and he opens his yellow eyes, and he says, oh, I'm good, all right. <laughs> I do love sicko mode uh, Ventus. It's good. Yeah, uh, uh, he's, he goes D mode and he speaks in Jesse McCartney and Haley Joel Osment's voices. Yeah. He says, what he's the, the key. Okay. This is actually interesting because I feel like this doesn't really line up with anything that Xehanort is saying about the key blade. Cause he says the key blade will open the door to all worlds and Keyblade wielders will battle for kingdom hearts beginning. He says like, we can refight the Keyblade War. Well, that is what Xehanort wants. Xehanort wants the Keyblade War to happen again, and I guess the Keyblade will bring all worlds back together. Like it'll get rid of the barriers, and so then everybody can fight. I guess that's true. You know, I had I had always kind of assumed because obviously we don't see his plan come to fruition here. I think I had always kind of assumed that he would just be like, "I'm going to forge the Keyblade." And open Kingdom Hearts, and then I'm God. But yep. is I think you have to fight the Keyblade War before Kingdom Hearts can show up. Is this implying that he's going to open the door to all worlds, the barriers will be broken, <laughs> Cinderella will walk out, and Peter Pan will mm-hmm. be there, and uh, uh, Stitch will show up, and then they will all... Oh, and, and we need some villains. We'll have Gantu... We'll have um, Maleficent and Pete, and they'll all fight each other <laughs> just instinctively on sight. Well, that's, yeah, because that's the part to me that is confusing. Because I'm like, at this point in the story, there aren't that many Keyblade key wielders. At least not that, not that we're aware of. It's like four, right? Yeah, it's like, are you going mean, to? I guess five if you count Vanitas. Yeah, and like my assumption is there's got to be some like people we've never met out there. You know, it's like this Star Wars thing where they're like, there was only one Jedi left, and then every year we and then find the out seven a, others, and then we seven find out more. about like, yeah, one more every year. Um, yeah. I assume it's like that with Keyblade wielders, but probably still not enough to have a war. I think you need more than like ten people to have a war. I will say that's that's still kind of a question hanging over things uh, at this point in the series. If if there are any other Keyblade wielders out there, we don't know about them. I I would love that. I'm all for like. Just some other people with Keyblades showing up and being like, oh, shit, <laughs> I thought I was the last one. Yeah. I think that's cool. I mean, I guess unless you can just go to the graveyard and pick one up and start bashing people. Uh, that's kind of what Riku did in the first game. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just took Sorus. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, Aqua and Mickey attack. Uh, I called him Venitas in my notes, and I felt very clever about that. Uh-huh. I think the wiki just calls him Ventus Venitas. <laughs> Okay, sure. In much the same way that we're dealing with Terra Xehanort. Well, it's descriptive. I'll give them that. It is It is descriptive. 
but there's one thing, you know, it's it's one of those classic video game moments. They beat him in the boss fight, but there's something that they never counted on, which is that in cutscenes he can uh, make a big wind. Mm-hmm. Their their one weakness is a big blast of wind. Uh, it looked ouchy. It did look like it hurt. I mean, they get like slammed against a rock wall. That would suck. Yeah. Uh, Aqua, our first female playable character, looks at her wayfinder and asks her two male friends to give her strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it, in so many other contexts, I would have no issue with that, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, she still does find her own strength, I suppose, from this, but... Yeah, she does. Uh, her keyblade glows and she charges at Venitas and she, like, fractures the keyblade... I like this visual effect when, like, beams of light are shooting out of it, and they're, like, carving a trail of, like, floating keyholes in the ground. Yeah, that looks really cool. It, it Yeah, because it's just, like, going berserk and, like, shooting little lasers everywhere now. Oh, yeah, we get a great Mickey line. Oh, no, it's gone all haywire! <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one. I'm um, assuming that that is, like, the idea of what they think is going to it's going to be used for is to like physically just rip open the world and have stitch pop out. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Unclear. Uh, but yeah, Ventus's D mode is dispelled. Uh, Vanitas goes away and, uh, the, the key blade explodes and Ventus gets launched into outer space. It does very much like beg the question, like whose fight doesn't matter. Is it Ventus's fight that doesn't matter, or Aqua's fight that doesn't matter, or do they That's both? A, a great question. <laughs> or do they both kind of matter in that, you know, at the end of the day, Ventus was going to beat Venus inside his soul, but Aqua needed to like waste his time so that he didn't just use the, the key blade to like wreck stuff. I think the the nicest interpretation of this is that it was a team effort, and that if they hadn't both done it, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Right. Okay. Because I'm trying to remember, in Ventus's side of it, where they're, like, fighting in his heart, there is some stuff where, like, the Keyblade is, like, fractured, so maybe it was Aqua who did that, which allowed Ventus to, like, overpower him, maybe? That makes sense. That's probably it, actually. It's a a little ambiguous, but that makes enough sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Like so many things in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and we did actually see at the end of Ventus' story, we did see him and Aqua floating in space together. And then Mickey Mouse shows up. And then I think it just rolled credits for Ventus that's, there. That's absolutely what happens, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we do see Aqua like jump up to grab him. And they like get sucked into outer space together. And Mickey floats up and rescues them. Uh, but in the middle of this, we do get our final Xehanort report. Xehanort report number seven. Yeah, I have he uh, he uses the phrase "man-made keyblades." Well, y- yeah, he says that keyblades are the man-made counterparts to Kingdom Hearts. Yes, which which is what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I'd love to know. Because he does say counterparts. It's not like they are um, the same thing. He's not saying it's like this is does the exact same thing as Kingdom Hearts, but. It's related to it somehow? I assume that's what it really means, right? Something like that. He describes very, very vaguely in in no uh, helpful terminology the concept of forging keyblades. Mm-hmm. 
which I am really, really interested to know more about, and I don't know if we ever will. Yeah. But then but the best part of this report yeah. is that he is such a dick about the Ki Blade's name. He literally says, while it may sound the same when spoken, it is notated uniquely Keyblade. <laughs> yeah, fuck fuck off saying or I love the idea that he just like found it written down somewhere and he was like, hmm, what should I call it? The the X blade? The Kai blade? Hmm. You know what would really piss people off? (laughs) (laughs) I I really just want to get people super cheesed off over this name. (laughs) Well, it worked, Xehanort. And yeah, he says that when the Keyblade is created, the true Kingdom Hearts appears, not like the one that they tried to make with all the hearts in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. This is the real shit, folks. Uh, and I'm sure that in Kingdom Hearts 4, the the Kingdom Hearts then is going to be even realer than this one. <laughs> yeah, because he's saying that other Kingdom Hearts that are just like a bunch of hearts, that's not the real thing. The real Kingdom Hearts is the perfect and complete union of all the world's hearts. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can only get that by knocking down the barriers between worlds, which kind of makes sense. I don't really understand all of this yet. Yeah, come to think of it, I should correct what I said there, because the when when the games refer to the artificial Kingdom Hearts, that is the Xemnas one from 2, where they were collecting hearts from people. Mm-hmm. I think that the one that Ansem was trying to make in Kingdom Hearts 1, I don't think that one was considered artificial. I think I think that basically what Xehanort is saying here is that this is like a a neat and organic way to do what Ansem was try, kind of trying to force, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, because Ansem was trying to make a fake Keyblade to then get to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I for, I for, for a second, I forgot about that part of his plan. Yeah, so he wanted to then get to real Kingdom Hearts by using a fake blade... And Xehanort wants to make the real Keyblade to get the real Kingdom Hearts, I guess. And Xemnas wanted to make a fake Kingdom Hearts and then have it? And give hearts... That was never super clear. Well, I mean, he said he wanted to give hearts to the nobodies, but I don't know if I believe that still. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aqua wakes up on the floor of Yen Sid's tower uh, and learns that Terra has gone missing uh, Ventus is asleep on the ground next to her, and Yensid says it's as if his heart has left, and he might sleep forever if it's not restored. Yeah. Um, but then he just needs you to believe. Aqua, the power of love, the one thing you kind of learned about. He needs your power of love to bring him back. That's true, and uh, that that is something that is a kind of consistent thematic thread here. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. And Mickey listens to that and says, Oh... <laughs> there is so much like anime reaction noises in this part because we got like donald goofy yen sid and mickey so we're doing the thing where it'll just like cut to each character and they'll just go like (laughs) 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 uh but yeah, Mickey says, I'll believe in Ventus too. He'll have two lights to follow. And Aqua says, three lights, because I'm going to find Terra. And this is where uh, Mickey says, I don't know where Terra is. And Aqua looks at her Wayfinder and says, I know how to find him. And if you're playing normal style, this is just where it rolls credits. And that's the end of Aqua's story. 
So how do you access this this other episode then? So I actually should uh, clarify something that I was wrong about before. Mm-hmm. Because I said that I I had never unlocked this final episode. I don't think that's correct. Okay. I think that when I was a kid, it's possible that I literally just didn't finish one of the routes because this isn't like a Kingdom Hearts style, like you have to collect the sticker album, whatever. That's a different thing in this game. Literally, to get this final uh, story, you just need to finish all three routes. Oh, okay. It's also possible that I saved over one of them, which means that you can't do it without playing it again. So, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> not sure, but... Okay. Uh, if if you have completed all three routes, you get the final episode, which is not actually the final episode, because in Final Mix, they added the secret episode, A Fragmentary Passage, not to be confused with Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep 0.2, A Fragmentary Passage. Are those two A different? Fragmentary Passage is the final episode, not the final episode. That's the secret episode. There's two Fragmentary Passages? Yeah, what's, what's your problem? Uh... Well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Joking aside, that pisses me off because it makes it so hard to find on YouTube. Yeah, and it's hard for people. Like, that's like the kind of thing where people will just not know they missed a thing because they're like, oh, I played Fragmentary yeah. Passage. It's like, well, but did you play Fragmentary Passage? Yeah, yeah. Fragmentary Passage is the name of the, like, secret ending or something like that in Birth by Sleep. I'll I'll look it up to get it right next next week, but... Not to be confused with a fragmentary passage or whatever, which is the fucking prequel to Yeah. Cool stuff. Why why is it hard to play these games? Seems easy to me, anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, so the the final episode begins with uh Aqua carrying Ventus outside to take him somewhere safe. And much like at the very beginning of the game, his unconscious body summons his keyblade and opens a portal. Aqua doesn't know where it's going to lead, but she says, all right, if you insist. And they go through it to the ruined land of departure. Yeah, this is this part. I don't know how I feel about this part. There's a lot going on in this part. Mm hmm. Um, well, are you talking about what she does? Yeah, I'll let you talk about it. Well, First, I I was I I never really thought about it before, but you know I I compared this to the the destruction of the Destiny Islands, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't help but notice that uh, this land did not like fall to darkness, which I kind of wonder if that's maybe just like realm between worlds, maybe can't I don't know. Anyway, maybe or you know it, the well, I think actually it's because Xehanort destroyed this place. But he didn't um, let Heartless into the heart of the world to eat it. Ooh, so that's you're why. Right. That's why I think you're right. I'm I'm a fool this time. That's or, that's okay. Oh well, I blew it anyway. Uh, she finds Ericus's keyblade on the ground and picks it up, and she remembers her last conversation with Ericus, in which she promised to bring Terra back and prove that he has what it takes to be a keyblade master. Yeah, I I think this is where it starts to get good. I I like I like her reflecting on that. That I mean that was literally the last time she talked to him was like Tara's cool and then Tara helped kill him. Oops. Oops. Uh and then she reflects on something that I have to assume is the certain knowledge that we didn't get until just now. This must be uh, it and this I think is wild and weird. It is wild. I had completely forgotten about it until I replayed this game a couple years ago. It is so, so weird. Uh, 
he he told her, if anything ever happens to me, take my Keyblade and lock this land away. Generations of Keyblade Masters have been charged with keeping this land safe. Light and darkness exist in balance here, and there are those who would abuse that neutral ground. This is why our predecessors devised a certain trick. And she puts Ventus in Ericus's cool chair, and she uses his Keyblade to lock a keyhole on the back of the chair. Yes. And then... And then... It turns into fucking Castle Oblivion. Any who come here shall be lost to oblivion. Yep, the uh the the room is transformed into a white chamber that uh that recurring sort of keyblade master symbol is all over the walls. Much like in the Chamber of Repose, there were nobody symbols all over the walls. And uh yeah, Aqua tells Ventus, I'll be back soon with Terra to wake you up, and she goes outside and the the land of departure has been turned into a big purple void with a familiar road stretching out into the distance, and the building itself has transformed into Castle Oblivion. Why would it do this? What what is why is this? Why? I don't get it. What what could people have done with the blowed up world that would be so bad that you make it into Castle Oblivion? Also, they say that, you know, only Aqua would be able to find her way back, but a lot of fucking people find their way here, it seems like. So I I don't know the answer to all <laughs> to most of those questions. Yeah. I don't know what he means about abusing the neutral ground. That is completely meaningless to me. When he said that only Aqua will be will be able to get here, uh the idea is that anyone who tries to restore the land of departure will not be able to do so because they'll just get lost in the rooms. They won't be able to reach the Chamber of Waking, which we have heard about before. Right. Which is where she put Ventus. You know, the the room isn't designed to be, like, the Ventus hideout. <laughs> but the the critical thing is that only the successor to the Land of Departure will be able to turn it back from Castle Oblivion. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, also it seems pretty wild to me that um, Ericus... By talking about this, seems to recognize that a balance of light and dark is like a good thing or an ideal. But Erica spends all this fucking time <laughs> just wanting to eradicate darkness. Yeah, his predecessors told him that the balance is good, and he's just been trying to ignore that for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, neutral ground is important, but it's not—it's not good. Don't get the wrong idea that it's good. Yeah, like, it, it actually sucks, but we have to protect it, not because because. <sighs> Yeah, stop asking me things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's ways to explain that away, but it it did it did bother me a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, basically, what he describes is exactly what we've seen from the organization. They were exploring the castle, getting lost in the hallways and the rooms, trying to find the chamber of waking, and they just they couldn't. They never could get to it. That's true. Yeah, so they've never found it. Ventus. Does exactly what Erica said it would. Yeah, that's fair. That's all true. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the, um, the, the transformation, uh, is so unexpected. Like, I don't know, there, there's something really cool to me about, I think this is the first moment, I, come to think of it, this is the first, um, this is the first, uh, uh, game since Kingdom Hearts 2, but I, I just think it's cool the way that they, like, are drawing these, these intermediate games like plot threads together in a way that I never imagined was going to happen, I guess is why it's so cool to me. 
Yeah, I think that's interesting. I just it it just feels like a weird thing. That's the thing that you would. <laughs> I just I wish they would explain a little bit more why you would want to make it into Castle Oblivion. What's so important yeah. about the chamber? <laughs> what's so important about the Chamber of Waking? Yeah, I. I wouldn't be surprised if someday we did get more into, like, what the Keyblade Masters as, like, an organization are doing and, like, why this neutral ground is so important. That seems like the kind of shit that Nomura probably is dying to get into. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. it For now, it's mysterious, and I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. We get to see Castle Oblivion again. I will say, also, uh... When I did replay Birth by Sleep, and either I saw this for the first time or I saw it for the second time and had completely forgotten about it, I also had forgotten that this was what Castle Oblivion looks like. Because it's all, like, blank white walls and floors inside. Mm-hmm. So on the outside, it's this, like, like brown, blue, green, like, twisted castle that doesn't in any way resemble the inside of it. So when Aqua, like, walked out of here, I was like, wow, what a weird castle. <laughs> It is very weird because I think, I think it has some of the architecture that it had before it got morphed, and then a lot of stuff that's just really bizarre. Yeah, because the land of departure, like I, I keep wanting to call it the castle. I don't really know what to call it. Just the building that it has. It's like this sort of floating central building with like smaller buildings like arcing off to the sides, and there is a lot of like weird twisting branching. Uh, parts of this castle on the exterior it it you can see how it's kind of like a weird twisted version of the original building yeah yeah but yeah i i certainly never would have expected it <laughs> before i saw this no i mean it would be a bizarre thing to expect it does explain why castle oblivion is around and matters that's true. I never I I never really questioned why it exists in the first place. But yeah, that that is kind of what the organization's up to, especially in like days is like what is this weird building? What is its weird like memory effects that it seems to have? What why does this exist at all? And I guess now we know. Yeah. Uh and then Aqua walks outside and hears Tara's voice asking her to find and kill him. <laughs> yeah. Which I think that was supposed to be a callback because they he said the same thing as Ventus put an end to me. Yeah, but yeah, I think that is a, a parallel, as they say. A parallel. Mm. Oh. She follows his voice to Radiant Garden, which looks spooky and purple in the sky. And Tara is standing in the middle of the town square, staring blankly at the sky. He's got silver hair and yellow eyes. Uh-oh. Uh and Aqua walks up and says, hey, Tara, you good? And he grabs her by the throat. <laughs> Yeah, before that, he says some stuff that makes it sound like he's confused about who he, he is. So oh, that, yeah, yeah. So there's clearly, because he's like, who, doesn't he say, like, who am I or whatever? I think he does literally say, who am I? Yeah. Yeah, so it's clearly there's some sort of fight happening between Tara and Xehanort inside, but not mm. for that, not for long. No, because, yeah, he starts getting, like, darkness overflowing, and Aqua's like, fight it, Tara, fight it, and then Xehanort takes control. We get a, a a cool new voice for him, and he says, "His heart has been smothered by the darkness." And then the come and, then fight. and now the come guardian's back. The come guardian is back. I I I wasn't going to call him that unless you did, but now he is the come guardian once again confirmed. Uh, he's uh, Terra Zaynord is very strong and fast, but the most important thing about fighting him is that he has this attack where he kind of like 
uh, dashes around the battlefield, and when he does it, he goes, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to have to dub that in because it's the most annoying thing yeah. in the world. <laughs> and this is before you summon the Cub Guardian, right? Yes, in phase two, he saw it. I think officially it's called the Dark Figure, but yes, it is the Cum Guardian who Ansem controlled in Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, there's actually a cool thing. Uh, I, I, I can't remember if it was in the video, but, uh, if there is a thing that can happen in the fight where you get like pulled into the, the heart space, whatever you might want to call it. And Terra is like, actually physically in there but like he's like kind of immobilized and you have to fight your way over to him and then you do like a team attack with him it's pretty cool oh that's yeah that's really cool i don't think i saw that in the video i was watching yeah i was kind of sad that it wasn't there um but aqua beats him and Terra kind of immobilizes him in the body and xehanort decides to punish him for this by jamming his keyblade into his chest and saying get out of my heart Oh, yeah. To me, that wasn't clear if it was... Because before that, like, light suffuses Terra's whole body, mm-hmm. implying that Terra's fighting back. And I thought that potentially Terra was trying to tear Xehanort out of his heart, but you you think that's Xehanort getting Terra out. My assumption is that it's Xehanort for two reasons. Number one, the voice seems to be pretty consistently attached to who is in control True. Yeah. But also, it's the fact that he's he's using Xehanort's Keyblade. I don't think Terra would be able to do this. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure... It is It is a little ambiguous, though, I will I will admit. But I'm pretty sure that what happens here is that Xehanort says, Alright, I'm, I'm kicking this guy's heart out, for real. They kind of, like, fall backwards into, like, this... Oh, oh yeah, it's kind of cool. The Cum Guardian sort of, like, melts into a puddle of darkness on the ground, and... Uh, Terra's body like falls backwards into it. Yeah. It looks- and starts like slurping down into the realm of darkness. Yeah, and Aqua just jumps on in. Yes, this is where Aqua uh discovers the concept of agency, and we love to see it. Uh it's it's uh it's a little unfortunate that her first moment of agency is a moment of uh very, very serious self-sacrifice. <laughs> Sacrifice that I don't understand why she had to do, but she does do it. Yeah, so what happens here is she flies down into the darkness on her Keyblade glider, uh, because she's like, I'm I'm not gonna let my friend get lost in the darkness, no matter what. And she grabs him, and basically the way that I think this plays out... Because is your question, why couldn't she save both of them? Yeah, why couldn't she just fly back out with both of them? I don't think there's a real good answer to that beyond, like, I don't know, momentum. They're falling too fast. She can't turn them both around. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Her, her, it doesn't work right in the darkness, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what she does is she she pops out of her armor. She puts her keyblade into his hand. And she launches the two of them, by which I mean him and her armor. <laughs> I don't know why I said the two of them. <laughs> he la- She launches the one of him. Armor is sometimes a character. <laughs> That's not untrue. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, lingering will too. Uh, she launches them back up toward the light. I said them again. Jesus Christ. She launches Terra <laughs> up back toward the light. <laughs> and yeah, she sinks down into the darkness and... She says, Van, I'm sorry, I might not make it back as soon as I thought, but I promise I'll be there one day to wake you up. 
Sad. Um, and I guess this explains how Zenmus had that room with her armor in it. That is correct. We actually do see the armor get gathered up in a moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe if I check my notes, let's confirm this is indeed where I started crying. They did it to me, birth by sleep, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I uh, did I, I, not me, but again, <laughs> I'm just I'm just damaged. So like 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 a joker. <laughs> I think I'm the one who's damaged. Maybe. Uh, what happens next? Uh, oh yeah, we go to Sora and Riku. Um, mm-hmm. they're hanging out on the beach, but not, they're on the, they're on the main island and not the island island. Um, and yeah, they get up to walk home and, uh, Riku asks Sora what's wrong. And we see that Sora has started crying and he doesn't know why. And he says, that's weird. It's like something's squeezing me inside. Oh, Sora, it's, and... it's called a panic attack. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> It it doesn't. It feels like you're dying, but it you're you're just you're just anxious, my man. Uh, and I I really like this scene for a lot of reasons, but something that I think is really great about it is that we see that before Sora was ever the sentimental little heart boy, Riku was actually the original sentimental little heart boy. Yeah, puberty was <laughs> puberty's a bitch for Riku. <laughs> but yeah riku like looks up at the stars and is like there's got to be someone out there who's hurting and needs your help just open your heart and listen and sora's like that's weird but okay oh yeah he says like riku you say some weird stuff sometimes mm-hmm. and then he goes hey it's- can you hear me <laughs> yeah uh it, back in castle oblivion in the chamber of waking ventus hears sora's voice and we'll come back to that in a little bit because it's time for the funny break hour. Hi, funny break. Actually, it's not. It's not an hour. I wish we got an hour of break. <laughs> yeah, just break doing uh, his Netflix stand-up special <laughs> called as, "As If," of course. As if it's him with duct tape over his mouth, or maybe it's <laughs> duct tape a, over his eye. It's another. No, it's another eye patch over his mouth. <laughs> Bragg, colon, as if. Uh, he leads uh, Ansem and Dylan. Hey, it's Dylan. I didn't know that we would see him in this part. Hi, Dylan. Uh, over to Tara's body, which is unconscious, and Ansem kneels down and asks him his name, and he says, Xehanort. And Bragg gives a little smile. You know, this is funny because, okay, so this explains how Xehanort came to work for Ansem and do these experiments. What doesn't make sense is why did he look like such a fancy lad in that painting of him in Kingdom Hearts 2 and not this buff dude that is Terra? <laughs> unless unless Xehanort stops going to the gym and slen- gets a little more slender during his research time. I, f- oh, I can't remember if we see that his hair kind of gets styled up a little fancy. I'll, I'll have to roll back the tapes and see what he looks like in Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm going to look at the- I was so shocked, though, when I realized that that apprentice xehanort is terra that's so wild it is wild it's cool i was just like oh i it, but it did make me wonder like did they i guess maybe they just hadn't designed terra yet yeah i don't know it, i mean i'd be i would be curious to see like i wonder if it's possible that they did actually just use the same model i don't know i don't remember how like skinny he was well i'm, I'm thinking of that painting in the office yeah. And I'll just send that to you. Uh, Let's take a look looks, here. It doesn't look... He looks thinner and fancier. 
he does look thinner and fancier. He's also he's also got the little hair danglers, which I don't think uh, I don't think Tara had. So yeah, I think they might have styled his hair a little different. Yeah, and maybe his muscles atrophied from from being so uh, uh, sedentary in the lab. Yeah, you know, I was going to say a desk job will do that to you. So I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a there's a few interesting things about this painting though, because now that I'm looking at it, he's got the pointy ears, but I don't think he's got yellow eyes. He must have started hiding that. <laughs> he's got colored contacts in. <laughs> Yeah, but he he definitely had yellow eyes in this scene when he called himself Xehanort. So we'll 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 have to try to catch that. I, I do know that we do have a little uh, uh, apprentice Xehanort scene in in the uh, secret ending next time. Okay, so hmm. we'll we'll have to look look for that. Um, but Brag, of course, he's smiling. This is this is the plan is working. Ha ha! And they they take they take Xehanort back to the castle, and he he asks Dylan to grab Aqua's armor and Keyblade, which are lying on the ground nearby, which is how Xemnas ends up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, by the way, did you... I don't remember if we talked about it last time. Did you realize last... I, I guess not last week, uh, at the end of Terra's story, did you realize... Did you, like, put it together that this was Apprentice Xehanort? No, definitely not. I was, you know, I was like, oh, this is a Xehanort, but no, I had not figured that out yet. Yeah, I I totally did not connect those dots for the longest time because again, I I'm pretty sure I never got this ending as a kid. Um so meanwhile, well I say meanwhile, for all we know it's been literally years. <laughs> uh Aqua is walking through the realm of darkness and thinks to herself that she has completely lost track of time. She has no idea how long she's been down here. Yeah, and she's walking through the space that's got like the weird kind of like dendrite looking like rock formations or whatever yeah, in the darkness. I love those things. Yeah, it's so weird looking. They're very cool. I also uh, like that she's just walking around with Ericus Ericus's sword now, which makes sense because she threw hers out with Terra. Yep, and I don't know. You know, this is one of those things. There's there's a few times throughout the series that a character will like lose their Keyblade or or someone else will take their Keyblade. I don't really know why she has this one still. I guess she never got rid of it. Whatever. Fair enough. I'm not going to get too into yeah, the weeds on that. She picked it up. So She did pick it up. Um, so she finds herself surrounded by a whopping four dark sides, which is entirely too many. Yeah. And uh, this is actually kind of interesting. Is this the first dark side we've seen that has nothing to do with Sora? <sighs> no, we saw them at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, didn't we? We do, yeah, and I think, did, didn't Roxas fight one? Uh, I know he fought, like, a big nobody that was kind of like it, the Twilight Thorn. Okay. Yeah, I, I think my point has already been invalidated anyway, because I did remember that we saw them in the Realm of Darkness at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, they're just, they're just around <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's four, and Aqua kind of starts to feel hopeless, and she dispels Ericus's Keyblade, and... Starts to think that maybe she should just give up and fade into the darkness. But then, Ventus and Terra's Keyblades fly in from above and whip through the dark sides and destroy them instantly. That was easy. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> I guess, is this supposed to be some lingering will stuff? Um, I think that this is more that, uh, in the same way that 
Yen Sid said to, like, keep Ventus in her heart so that he will have a light to follow home. I think that, I think that this is basically, like, Terra and Ventus's hearts, which are kind of inactive in their bodies, have kind of just drifted out and are, I think they're just following Aqua. Oh, okay. And yeah, because we know that the Keyblades are sort of manifestations of the heart, that means that the Keyblades are able to follow her down. They save her from the dark sides. This is a, a nice, sad moment as she she watches the Keyblades fly away and smiles and then said, oh my god, I, I almost forgot how to do that. Yeah, that is that is sad. And she looks down at her Wayfinder and she thinks about all of her friends from all of the worlds, including some characters that I feel like she probably didn't meet, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure about it either. <laughs> She, she like, thinks about, like, Snow White, like, smiling and waving at her, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if they really... Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, no, it was it was Aurora that she literally never met. Yeah, she never met Aurora, for sure. For even a second. Yeah. She's heard nice things. Uh, but, yeah, she, she gets a montage of all the, all the characters uh, smiling at her, and she thinks to herself, there's always a way. And then we get our real... Real, real credits with simple and clean to let us know for sure that the game is over. But it's not over. <laughs> sure, sure isn't. Uh, we get a uh, we get a credits montage that's mostly Disney stuff that doesn't matter that I didn't take notes on. But there are a few things that I, I wrote. Okay. I'm curious if there was anything that you wrote down specifically. No, I kind of was skipping through it and I didn't see anything that caught my eye. Did you see uh, Lee and Isa? No, I didn't. So Lee and Isa, uh, they get thrown out the door. They're given the bums rush from Ansem's castle by Dylan and Alias. I, I say by Dylan and Alias. Uh, Dylan uh, dual-wheeled bum-rushed them out the door while Alias watched. <laughs> Strong guy. Yeah. Uh, and they... So they, they kind of shake it off and they, they reconvene by the, uh, the Moogle shop in town and they're they're kind of planning their next move. Uh, this is I think this is where we learned that what the the thing that they were doing when they met Ventus is they were on their way to sneak into the castle. Okay. For why? We'll find out eventually. <laughs> uh, but Lee overhears Scrooge selling sea salt ice cream, and he buys one for each of them, and they eat it and they enjoy and they say this is great. I'll eat this a hundred times. 300 times. 358 times, even. This will be the only thing I ever fucking eat. <laughs> and they uh, they look up at the sky and they they wonder, how how the heck are we going to get in there? Probably is what they're thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is one of the rare, 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 rare Kingdom Hearts uh, retcons. I mean, there's a bazillion retcons. This is one of the ones that actually, like, conflicts with stuff we've seen before, I should say. Oh, okay. Because at the end of Chain of Memories, we do get a, a scene of Axel taking a bite of sea salt ice cream with Roxas and going, bleh. Oh, right. Yeah. So that is no longer the case. That was not his first time eating it. Maybe he just hates it and he just keeps eating it. He really just wants to be Roxas's friend that much. <laughs> we get a scene with Zack uh, watching Hercules training with Phil. Final Fantasy Crisis Core knowers will understand whatever this is, where 
he notices a black feather floating down behind him, and it passes in front of the camera, and he disappears. It's probably nothing. I gotta assume that's a that's a Sephiroth related event. Yeah, I think Zack is probably doing just fine in in the Final Fantasy VII verse. Oh yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> this is an ending that I have to imagine all the Crisis Core fans looked at and said, "I'm glad Zack is okay." Right. This is this is a callback to when he saw that feather and then he went to the food court. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I, I like the scene with Stitch. Did you see the scene with Stitch? No, I think, I, wow, I really missed a lot of stuff, I guess. Yeah, I do. I've got three more. Uh, Stitch comes out of hyperspace and he looks at his wayfinder and then he flies off toward a, a little blue planet that we all know and love. Oh. If, if Lilo and Stitch is in Kingdom Hearts 4, which I really want it to be, I am going to lose my shit if Stitch still has that wayfinder. Oh, I hope so. That would be so good. Yeah. Please, God. I would like that. Oh, well, now I'm wondering if you didn't see this, because I referenced it earlier and you seemed confused, where Donald and Goofy are, like, watching sadly as Mickey hands in his star shard and keyblade to Yen Sid. Oh, yeah, I totally didn't see that. <laughs> you must have been very confused what I was talking about. A little bit, yeah, but I was like, well, I'm, we'll probably get to it. <laughs> Yeah, he he is uh, resigning in disgrace, and Donald and Goofy are, are crying, probably, but Yen Sid, he, he sighs and he shakes his head, and he gives Mickey a reassuring smile and returns the Keyblade to him, and Donald and Goofy jump and applaud. Oh, okay. So... Yahoo! <laughs> so that didn't last. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Yen Sid is like, shit. He is my liege lord. <laughs> As his magic advisor, I am really in no position to keep his keyblade. Right. Well, is he is he Yen Sid's king or is he just people in Disney Town's king? Um, that's a good question. I don't think that the relationship between Yen Sid and the Disney worlds are is super clear in this game because I mean, lest we forget Yen Sid is like a Keyblade acquaintance of Ericus and Xehanort. Yeah, and it's not like Mickey's king of Atlantis. He's just king of, of Disney World and Disney Town. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that in this universe, Yen Sid probably... Oh my god. Yen Sid's backstory makes my head spin to imagine how it could possibly make sense. Well, his backstory is a short <laughs> piece from Fantasia. You don't get a whole lot of characterization from, from Yen Sid. In, in Fantasia. Impromptu crackpot corner. Okay. Uh, the way that all of this makes sense is that Yen Sid is from... He's from a world of Fantasia. That's where he's originally from. He... His magic was so powerful that he discovered a way to break down the barriers between worlds or, like, unlock the lanes between himself without a keyblade. He travels through the space between worlds and he ends up at keyblade academy hmm. and he says hello i'm a disney character i probably shouldn't be here please teach me how to use a keyblade so they do and then he then he destroys atlantis by accident <laughs> right and then he resigns in disgrace and he heads home and then he teaches mickey for some reason okay sure i mean that makes about as much sense as i can imagine it making it's probably something like that there's gonna be a Yen Sid 
origin story game for like graphing calculators or something and it's going to be incredible i'll play it i'll play that one (laughs) it'll be like a like a netflix mobile games exclusive or something weird like that it'll release for the 3ds (laughs) they reopened the shop for this one Um, the last scene over the credits is that Kyrie is picking flowers in Radiant Garden, and she stands up and looks at the sky, and we see that her little necklace glows with the magic that Aqua Dun did. Yeah, so now she's gonna have friends. Now she's gonna meet Sora. Or something. Speaking of Sora, <laughs> we get to see his childhood station of awakening. I thought this was very funny, because it's- It's just- so- good it's like food and stuff right there's like mushrooms there's like harpoons and a a wooden like a rickety old raft there is a paupu fruit just the stuff he cares about as a kid my favorite is i i really don't know how old he's supposed to be i think he's supposed to be four five maybe okay one of the stained glass images in his station of awakening is like like a mobile, like for a crib. <laughs> but it's like a fish. Hmm. Maybe he's even Zora's younger than we think. Is Sora still sleeping in a crib? Yeah. Um, that's what they do in the Destiny Islands. You sleep in a crib till you're like 13. <laughs> you sleep in a crib until you're 18. That's why Riku was so sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why Xehanort left. That's why Xehanort's got so much darkness in his heart. That's why he was talking about feeling stifled. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting really sick of this crib. This world is too small in terms of the, the bed situation. Maybe on other uh, worlds they'll have discovered a big bed. <laughs> God. <laughs> Once I get to the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory world. Once I get to Kingdom Bed, everything will be better. <laughs> God, uh, I I don't know if I should take anything away from this, but the the last thing I had to note about Sora's Station of Awakening is that the border surrounding all of these images are his like crown necklace. Hmm. I guess the the reason I mention that is that the crown is a thing that has been very uh, widely debated in the Kingdom Hearts community. I'll say nobody knows what we're supposed to make of that. A lot of people think that Sora will become the king of Kingdom Hearts in the end. That would make sense. He is special. It would make sense in as much as that can make sense. I mean, what would that mean? Well, he's going to become God and he's going to remake the world. (laughs) He's going to become God. Uh, But yeah, Ventus's heart floats in and says, hey, I followed your voice and I followed your light. Uh, Thank you for giving me a second chance before Sora has no idea what he's talking about because he was literally just born at the, at that time. <laughs> right. Uh, but Sora says, hey, are you sad? Because I'll let you stay in my heart if you'll feel better. And Ventus says, great. Sounds good. He's got all sorts of people in that heart. He sure does. Yeah, Sora absorbs Ventus's heart into his own and he smiles a little smile. And if there was any question about why Roxas looked like Ventus, there you go. Yeah. So at one point, he had three people. Well, he had his own heart and Kyrie and Ventus in there. Mm-hmm. I guess he never had four, right? Because I don't think Roxas was ever in there at the same time as Kyrie. 
Because Kyrie. Well, by the end of by the end of Kingdom Hearts two, he's reabsorbed Roxas, uh, Ventus, and Shion. True. Yeah. Yeah. If Shion has kept any amount of herself, then she is in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I think that would be everyone. Yeah, because Kyrie's out by that point. Namine gets reabsorbed into Kyrie. Yeah. So he's he's got three in him right now. Yeah, three's his max. <laughs> I hope. You try to put another heart into Sora and he just explodes. Yeah, this is the Whoops. part, this is the way to get Kingdom Hearts that Xehanort doesn't consider, which is just jamming all the hearts into your own heart. <laughs> God, uh, here's a, a fun Nomura moment, uh, because this is actually something that he had teased in uh in interviews and q a's for a long time is why can sora and roxas dual wield where's that second keyblade come from oh they got and a, he's always been like someday you will understand it's because it got a second boy in them it's because there's another fucking heart in there <laughs> oh okay yeah that that dual wielded keyblade is ventus's huh yeah there you go feels like i kind of like it i like that you know what's weird is I personally feel like I can dual wield because I have two hands. Um, but do you have two keyblades? I don't right now. No. Well, there you go. Okay. I mean, I I guess that would mean that any keyblade wielder could dual wield if you just gave them a second keyblade. Would... Sora just doesn't need to be given one. Yeah, he's already got it. Yeah, and that doesn't happen very often. It, I would suppose. I guess Aqua could have dual du- du- well. Hmm. She could have done some dual wielding, but then she gave away her keyblade. That's the big difference, though, between Aqua versus Sora and Roxas, is that they're so cool. They are so cool, and she's a- and she's a little bootlicker who loves authority and a girl who's in who's in darkness. You only the, the the precepts state that you should only use one keyblade, <laughs> and she's never going to break that rule. That's what, <laughs> that's the real reason she threw the keyblade out because she's like, I can't have two of these. <laughs> she realized she had two and was like, "Shit, I can't." Here, take this. Oh God! But uh, Sora and Roxas, they are both tapped into Ventus's rebellious spirit, where he holds his keyblade backhand. Do they? They don't hold the second one backhand, do they? No, I, I wish. That'd be, that'd be. Or if they like jammed them together like Darth Maul's lightsaber. Isn't that what happens in Force Unleashed 2? Is then he gets a, you hold a second, uh, frontways lightsaber in 2? And that is the. Ooh. I, I never played Force Unleashed 2. Yeah, me neither. I only played one, but I think that I remember the box art having two lightsabers. That's so cool. Here's a fun fact about me. Yeah. Before that game came out, I was obsessed. Not because of anything that I thought was like cool about Star Wars because I didn't really care about Star Wars. I was obsessed with the the technology that that game had called digital molecular matter. I don't know why I was so like this changes everything. <laughs> well, I remember it was the it was also like the euphoria system so like that yeah. the enemies would grab No, I remember that stuff too. Yeah, I was like wow, this game is going to change gaming. And I will say as much as it didn't matter, didn't matter, <laughs> the the way that, like, the big metal doors would, like, deform when you force push them was really cool. Now, that game had a lot of cool stuff going on, 
end of the day, not a super great game, but... No, it was not fun, I think, was the big problem with yeah. it. Uh, Very badass, though. You can see, yes, the two is for two lightsabers. I guess it mostly got cut off on the other side of the screen. Hold on, here's a better image. Oh, I don't see an image. Well, I put it in the podcast chat. Oh, I see. Here you go. Two. Hell yeah. <laughs> God, that's so cool. And you know he's looking at me with his chin down and his eyes up. He is. Yeah, it's too bad that all the Jedi were dead except for him and, you know. Well, actually, I don't know what happens in two. Maybe he dies in two. <laughs> I mean, if he's not dead, if he, like, shows up in Jedi Survivor, which I haven't played yet, that would be a hell of a thing. I mean, he fucking kicked Darth Vader's ass in Force Unleashed 1. I never actually finished it. I think I might have, like, rented it or something, because I, I, I never finished it. I think I was enjoying it, but I never got that far. So I, I must have rented it. Yeah, I think I did beat it as a rental, but it's when I worked at Hollywood Video and I could rent things forever. Anyway, this is... <laughs> this I probably got Marks. it on Gamefly. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sora takes a deep breath and tells Riku that he, he he has a feeling that what they did, whatever they did, it must have worked. And they, they look up at the sky together. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that we see three uh, stars shining in the sky, which I have to assume is Terra Aquaventus. Oh, you yeah, that makes sense. Because we now, we now know that apparently people's hearts shine in the sky like a million lanterns. Maybe that was literally what Terra meant. J- just like you, Ven, you also shine in the sky like a million lanterns. Oh, that could make sense. If you're far enough away, you turn into a, a little star. Hmm. Uh, and we get... We get a little bit of... This is something that I forgot that Kingdom Hearts likes to do, but it actually seems to do it pretty consistently, is a little text thing at the end of the game to cap it off. (laughs) Right, yeah. Because Chain of Memories had that, like, poem. This one ends with, In time, the worlds would be saved by these two heroes who stood beneath the same blaze of stars. This one's not as meaningful, I feel like. Because you're like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) this was a prequel the whole time what no way oh god i thought that those were sora and riku's children who they named after themselves and looked exactly like them now that's a numero twist (laughs) that would explain why donald and goofy didn't know the tower in kingdom hearts 2 oh yeah that was their first time there got it and pete reunites with Maleficent well, when he... It has to well, be the one video game plot, which is that everything's a cycle, and so this is actually oh, just a different yeah. part of the cycle. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's the it's like the wheel of time, and a wheel is like a steering wheel, like a car, like a car, and you have a key for your car, so it's like a key, and it makes sense. And it all comes together. Yeah. Kingdom Cars. Kingdom Cars. <laughs> there we go. Uh, this is Wish Us Duck. This is Wish Us Duck. I don't have any good quotes this week, I don't think. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) what about, I guess it's been so long I almost forgot how to smile. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is Donald Duck at his lowest. (laughs) Yeah? Alright, let's see how I do. Oh, 
Oh, no. <laughs> That's Donald reflecting on what we've done to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't smile if I sounded like that either, Donald. <laughs> uh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, what, what, what did you think of all of this in the end? Um, I think, like I said, I mean, the Castle Oblivion stuff, I feel... I don't know. It's just so weird. I wish I under, I wish these games would explain more sometimes. Like, it's cool to build <laughs> mystery, but at a certain point, you gotta start answering questions. Um, but no, I think like this, it's, it is interesting having where you end up with Aqua in the darkness and then Terra and Ventus kind of both in different forms of stasis is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, it is cool seeing how exactly Xehanort ends up with Ansem and yeah, I don't know. It this game's this game's really good, I think, in general. It's just Aqua's route was kinda lackluster. Yeah, and- I I was really glad that when we did get to the part where it picks up that it was actually good, like I remembered. Because <laughs> uh, I, I I really didn't want to just hate her story, but yeah. Her route is not good. But um Yeah, it's cool. I I like that this game in the end it it is it is a tragedy for all three characters like nobody nobody comes out of this well but also nobody's like done like they're all kind of in limbo and i think that's a cool place to be going into future games learning that in the background years before anything that we've seen all three of these characters got fucked up but that they they are still potentially savable, you know? Yeah, in one way or another, they're still out there. Ventus is asleep in a throne room. Aqua's in darkness. Terra, bigger question mark, because I guess the thing we know is that at some point, Xehanort uh, took his heart out of that body, too, to create a nobody and a heartless and so who who knows what happened to Terra's heart when that happened? Yes. I think that's that's one of the coolest things about this ending because we we know where Ventus's heart is. We know where Aqua is, but this does leave us with a weird sort of gap where it's like where the hell where does Terra's heart end up? Don't know. Don't know. We'll have to we'll have to find out. Um in, in, but yeah, in, it's in it's cool. I I enjoyed this this part. Sorry, were you saying something? In Riku, maybe? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, next week, we will be watching... I can't remember which thing is which, but there's... I think I think the secret ending is called Blank Points. Uh, then there's the bonus episode, which was added in Final Mix, uh, which is Fragmentary Passage, which is actually playable. And we'll also have some secret bosses to discuss. Most of them are not plot significant, but one of them is, and that one is... <laughs> kind of like brain melting and i can't believe it okay and one of them is monstro and you'll never guess which one is which i don't think it's monstro i mean you'll never guess which one is monstro oh okay it's the whale anyway is is the brain melting one the guy from star wars force unleashed (laughs) that's right star killer shows oh he's like what the fuck is his name star killer okay yeah Starkiller, the name that has uh, haunted Star Wars since before Star Wars existed. (laughs) Yeah. 
I always think of uh, one of the KOTORs. There's a, a Mandalorian bounty hunter named Bendak Starkiller. And I remember meeting him and being like, that's the coolest name I've ever heard. It's kind of like Skywalker, but but badass. Yeah, it's almost like that's the name that they toned down <laughs> into Skywalker. Right. Uh, uh, oh, we we do have at least one question. Oh, okay. I don't know if you know of any secret questions. No, I forgot to ask her questions this week. Yeah, if you if you have questions, we forgot to ask for them this time. But if you have questions, you can send them on over to uh, Sounds About Light on co-host. Or you can post them in the Discord or whatever. Uh, don't tweet them at us because I deleted that app from my phone when it renamed itself X. Yep, me too. So, I'm not on there anymore. Uh, yeah, don't, don't expect to see us on Twitter anytime soon because um, it doesn't exist. Uh, we do have a question, though. From Dan at Big Challenges, you can pick three Disney Channel original movies slash series to be Disney Worlds. What are they? Do they have special heartless enemies? Is there a fun puzzle or gimmick? Are they original stories or adaptations? I mean, I know one off the top of my head that I've been dreaming about for a long time. Okay. Which is the high school musical, musical world with (laughs) a rhythm game and... uh, Oh, I can't remember exactly what I wanted to happen. I I think I wanted Sharpay to get possessed by darkness. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Sharpay being well, yeah, okay. I would take I would take that. Sharpay or her is it her brother? Yeah, Ryan no, Ryan's good. We love Ryan. Yeah, if they were both possessed by darkness, that could be alright. Ryan is a keyblade wielder and he saves her by uh fighting off the darkness. I'm trying to remember I, I can't I don't know High School Musical well enough to remember all the characters' names. What is Afron's name in those? Uh, Troy. Okay. Who's the other basketball man? That would be Chad. Uh, Corbin Blue, I assume, is who you're thinking of. Because I feel like it should be Chad consumed by darkness because of his jealousy for, uh, with, for Troy. I mean, if you've seen High School Musical 2, you would know that Troy, if anyone, is the one who gets corrupted by darkness. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Troy is an absolute shithead in High School Musical 2 for no reason. We started... So I started watching... My my fiancé worked on the TV show for a little while. The mm. um, So we were like, we should watch those movies because she had never seen any of them. And we watched the first one. We are like, that was tolerable. And then we started watching the second one and we made it about halfway through and did not finish it. Oh, really? I I actually legitimately really like the second movie. The third one is atrocious okay the second is extremely what it is got it um uh, yeah <laughs> going back to the question my choice is don't look under the bed which is the disney original movie that is stuck in my head the, the hardest Ooh, i never saw that it's um it's got fucking uh lavar Le- burton in it Mm. Uh, is it i it's not, i assume it's like a scary movie as far as disney channel go, uh, movies go yeah basically like it's this whole thing where um the boogeyman is coming after this kid and it turns out that like what the boogeyman is is like an imaginary friend that someone forgets about when they when mm. the imaginary friend gets forgotten they turn into a boogeyman and that kid has a friendly imaginary friend which is lavar burton uh, who's protecting him from, like, basically the the boogeyman, which I think is, like, his older sister's old imaginary friend or something like that. Hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, and there's, like, stuff where, like, as he starts to forget LeVar Burton towards the end, LeVar Burton starts getting boogeymaned, and I think a lot of that would probably work with, like, 
darkness and light and memory and yeah. all, and all it's, it's it's a very kingdom hearts movie that's that's pretty cool that that legitimately could be really cool in kingdom hearts we got one more i feel like we got to get a, a show we got two movies we got to get a show a show a show um i feel like it i don't i don't want it to be live action we've got two live a- i i assume yours is live action yes what's what's a disney channel animated series <laughs> marsupilami <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar. I think I've heard that name, but yeah, we just have to be that one if you haven't heard of Marsupilami. Uh... <laughs> All I, I, I can't. The only thing I can think of is Dave the Barbarian. See, I didn't watch that. What about Bonkers? Oh my god, we have such different <laughs> frames of references when it comes to Disney Channel shows. Okay, Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Okay, and actually, Kim Possible is a decent choice. I think. We got we got uh, Shigo and the other guy. They're working for the Legions of Darkness. Yeah, you can you know Ron or whatever his name is. What is it? Is Ron Stoppable. Ron Stoppable. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot you could do with that. There would be a giant naked mole rat, heartless. Yes. Oh man. Sora gets like a grappling hook and goes on like a heist with Kim Possible. Yeah, and Shigo basically uses the power of darkness. I've never really been clear on what Shigo's whole deal was anyway, so. <laughs> Me either. It's It's been way too long since I watched that show, but, yeah. uh, oh man, um, what was the, oh shit, no, whatever I was going to say about Kim Possible, I forgot. I think we got it. I think we've, we've laid out three great Kingdom Hearts worlds. I, I might, I might keep rotating this question around in my head and see if I can come up with anything, anything else though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't think, like, you know, I don't think that it would be better to do, like, Xenon. Xenon doesn't really work for me, so. Sora, Sora's mom is so angry at him for disappearing that she sends him to boot camp when he meets Cadet Kelly. <laughs> I like that. That's good, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, also, so many of these that I can think of are like high school sitcoms, which I don't think. <laughs> like, I don't want them to all be set in a high school. No, for sure. Like, Luck of the Irish, I think, is also in a high school. Thirteenth um, year. I don't know. That's. I think that's why I went to Dave the Barbarian. Is it's the only one I can think of that's not in a high school. Yeah. Fair. Uh yeah, I'll I'll definitely give some more thought to this and see if I come up with anything else. Uh, because I I I like this thought experiment. Yeah, same. Um, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I already mentioned that we're on co-host at Sounds About Light. We are at at Sounds About Light on Twitter, but will I ever log in again? Who's to say? I am on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on co-host at Achilles Healy's. And uh, you can listen to my other podcast, Doctor Huh, where next week we are watching Oxygen. It's a 12th Doctor and Bill episode, and I'm very excited for that. Mm. I don't know anything about it. Never, Nobody ever talks about this pair, but I like them. All right. Um, yeah, you know, I'm on the F-plus sometimes. I'm an extra credit sometimes. I think there's a new F-plus coming out this week, but I actually don't know which one it is. So, um, nice. The only thing I know is that Lemon brought up the unbelievable fact that we've never used Danger High Voltage for the intro music ever on the F+. And so ah, that so someone's balls are getting electrocuted this week. So finally that's going to get that that streak's getting broken. Oh no. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> Maybe. Uh we are on noisebase.xyz where you can find other podcasts such as Special Grade Snacks who are talking about season 2 of Jujutsu Kaisen. 
and Kamurocho Radio. I think they're I think they're nearing the end of Yakuza Four. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, on zero to zero, were you gonna say something? I say I started listening to Kamurocho Radio. It's good. People should yeah. listen to it. Yeah, Yakuza is fun, and I would never say anything nice about anything that my brother does, but it's a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on zero to zero also i i i can't i have inside knowledge on what they're going to be doing after mystery men and it's uh it's a it's a bit of a pivot i'll say it's it's not for me to reveal what it is if they haven't yet by the time this episode goes up but look forward to that oh okay uh i think i think that's it nothing else comes to mind which means that it's time for us to do our famous sign off that we like to do twice because it's so good which is where we say keyblade keyblade and then we say, <laughs> that was a fun one. It was. I need to practice some more, I guess. It's, 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 the wheels are coming back off. <laughs> oh, Kingdom Hearts coded soon. Oh, no. Bye. Bye. That's weird. It's like something squeezing me inside. Somebody up there must be sad. Up where? They say. Every world is connected by one great big sky. So maybe there's somebody up there in all those worlds who's really hurting. And they're waiting for you to help them. Well, gee, do you think there's something I could do? Hmm. Maybe they just need you to open your heart and listen. Hmm. I don't know, Riku. You say some weird stuff sometimes, but I'll try it.